Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. This is actually wired up here tonight on the Take It Easy podcast, but I wanted to do the uh, traditional intro here for podcast purposes because we are live on YouTube and on Instagram for a wonderful rendition of Wired Up after the NBA Finals come to a wonderful conclusion. This is Wired Up episode 81 for those of you keeping track at home. Welcome into the Take It Easy podcast and oh my lord, oh my lord did we have ourselves a game last night. We had the Phoenix Suns go from up 16 to down 16 to down three to down one point all for it to come crashing down with a magical Giannis onto the Kumpo finish that just made me feel so so happy and so joyous and so wonderful to be out here with all of you because you know what we have ourselves a magical game six coming up in Milwaukee for Giannis Antetokounmpo to win an NBA Finals. So, with that being said, make sure to leave a download, follow, and a five-star rating wherever it is that you get podcasts because we love the support. And uh, we've got a really fun episode coming at you here. Much like we did in Game 4, I think it's uh, best to start off from the back and work our way down here because, whoo, 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 whoo. What a game that was. So let's start off with the the end and work our way down. Right around like five minutes is probably the best place to start because we found ourselves with five minutes left in this NBA Finals game. The Bucks were up 10 points. It They were up 10 points at the end of the third quarter, first and foremost. And what ends up happening is the Milwaukee Bucks offense just stagnates. And to be honest, Mil- Milwaukee... had an inefficient offense, but it wasn't a bad offense at the end of the game. That's probably the first place to start off because once it got into five minutes, they went into give the ball to Chris Middleton and everyone get the bleep out the way. And that ends up, you know, could have, could have, should have, would have cost him. It did bring it close for a little bit there because the Suns end up picking up their offense and Devin Booker hits a fading three pointer and they got it to 10 and then they cut it immediately to five. And it's a five-point game, and there's about two and a half minutes to go. And Chris Middleton hits a shot over Jay Crowder from a long two. And I wrote it down here in my notes. It was what we thought could have been the game sealer if the Bucks end up pulling away at that point, which they do not. Uh, Chris Paul ends up going down, hitting a three-pointer, cuts it to seven again, and then they cut it back down to five. So it was a seven-point game. Middleton hits a shot where he... Dribbles twice, shot clock winding down, stepping back, and missing 
I'm sorry, and making a shot from a foot stepped on the line hit the shot and draws the end one. And I wrote it down that Middleton, it was one of the worst percentage shots you can find, and yet Chris Middleton ends up burying the shot. Chris Middleton ends up hitting this shot with a foot on the line. It's it's a long two, it's a step back two, it's the clock winding down, and he gets fouled and hits the shot, and it's one of the worst percentage shots you can find, and he hits it, and it's a 10-point game. And then he comes down again and does basically the exact same thing, step back, clock winding down, hitting a shot, and it's not the greatest shot in the world. It's a low percentage shot. No question. And the at a certain point there, I just kept saying, if the Bucks keep running this offense, they're going to get burned at some point. And lo and behold, they start missing shots. And all of a sudden, Chris Middleton ends up hitting. Chris Middleton ends up missing a shot. They cut it to six. Then they have a terrible possession where uh, Giannis misses. Was that when Giannis? No, that wasn't when Giannis missed the two free throws. It was one where like they threw up a shot that had no chance of going in. And so all of a sudden Devin Booker goes down. He hits that three pointer that we all remember where, or at least we would have remembered had they come back to win the game where he's like Kobe Bryanting the shot, catches it, shoots over Drew Holiday, just like Kobe shoots it. And, and it was a moment where we remember it. And then the free throws. And the free throws. Ah, the free throws. Giannis ends up shooting three free throws. Well, I guess two free throws. So let's start with the first two. It's a three-point game right after Devin Booker hits that 120 to 117. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, if Giannis misses... I, I kept, First of all, I was just petrified that Giannis was going to airball a free throw. But then by the time he shoots the first one and it hits front rim, rolls around and drops out in that moment i'm just like oh crap because you start to feel like the second one's not going to go in and then the second one doesn't go in and chris paul goes down and he you know rolls to his right which seems to be the only thing he can do because his left hand might be broken at this point we aren't really acknowledging that chris paul although you know he ended up with 21 points 11 assists he shot 60 percent from the field and hit three, th- all three three-point attempts that he took in the game. Even with that, we acknowledge that on the front end, it still feels like Chris Paul kind of... Chris Paul's kind of playing with a broken hand, and so he rolls to his right and gets a layup, and all of a sudden, Chris Paul is cutting it to a one-point game, and... Drew, the next possession was just when I'm like, oh no, it's all falling apart because it ends up with Drew Holiday and he shoots like a one-handed hook shot as the clock winds down and there's 29 seconds and the Suns get the rebound and the Suns haven't missed a shot for like four minutes and this is like panic mode if you are rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks, which I'm realizing I kind of am because I'm rooting for Giannis and Giannis deserves this and as we talked about after game four with our friend House of Phoenix Suns, like everything is slowly falling apart for the Suns and it feels exactly like the Milwaukee Bucks do. It feels just like the Milwaukee Bucks felt in 2019 against the Raptors and how they felt in 2020 against the Miami Heat where everything just starts falling apart slowly but steadily and so they get a steal of Devin Booker and this is obviously the iconic moment like you've seen the highlights a hundred times you get the ball and Devin Booker gets stripped by Drew Holiday 
who slows it down, waiting for the foul. Everyone goes to foul Drew Holiday, and he throws an oop to Giannis. Giannis hits it and gets fouled and stares into the camera and gets another iconic photo of him dunking it instead of him blocking it and all of that wonderful, wonderful Giannis magic that we get to experience. And what was so, so fascinating was that moment where Giannis Antetokounmpo hits it and then on a foul that probably wasn't a foul, has to go to the free throw line again. And it's just the perfect, like, you cannot, I mean, I took eight minutes to get there, but you cannot draw up a plot line better than what happens next. The perfect embodiment of Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is Giannis Antetokounmpo can't shoot for shit. Giannis Antetokounmpo is always the worst shooter on the court whenever he is on the court for the Milwaukee Bucks. They have eight players deep. All eight can shoot better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. What makes Giannis Antetokounmpo an MVP, and he was settling for a lot of shots in this game too, mind you. Like Giannis, whether it was being tired or whether it was being, you know, being tired or deferring in the offense and getting Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday shots because Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton combined were 24 of 33, which is 72 bleeping percent. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday shot. No, that is incorrect. Sorry. Wait, 12 of 23, 12 of 20. Oh, sorry. Somewhere in the 50 range, about 57%. Sorry, did the math wrong there. 57%. Wow. Can we edit this? We technically can edit it, but I think I'm just going to leave all of it in at this point. Anyways, so 57% for Giannis and Drew Holiday. I saw 72. I was like, wait, that cannot be right. But anyways, back to the original point. Giannis is going to the free throw line. Three point game, nine seconds left to go. Mike Breen, right before that, called the two shots Giannis missed the biggest free throws of his career. And if those were the biggest free throws of his career, then this free throw was going to be the biggest of his career all over again. And it's the perfect embodiment of Giannis that they win the game on a Giannis dunk where he catches it 12 and a half feet above the rim or above the ground. Caught, well, he could say 12 and a half feet above the rim, but he caught it 12 and a half 13 feet above the ground and jams it as he's falling away from the basket and he misses the free throw but the thing that makes Giannis Antetokounmpo two-time MVP face of a generation and player who is going to win at least three championships at least three championships across the next six years the thing that makes Giannis Antetokounmpo great is being bigger stronger, faster than everyone else. And when he misses that free throw and the ball gets tipped up in the air, Giannis gets in the middle of the scrum, swats the ball out to Chris Middleton, and Chris Middleton, 90% free throw shooter, is going to win the game with the shooting. The complement of one another is going to go win the game with shooting. Giannis Antetokounmpo, bigger, stronger, faster than everyone else, gets to a jump ball, in the air that nobody else on the floor can get to because Giannis is bigger, faster, and stronger than everyone else and more athletic than everyone he's playing against. And Giannis Antetokounmpo may not have a jump shot, but the way he's going to win you a game is being bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else. He did it on the dunk. He did it in throughout his throughout Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sorry, a little choked up there getting emotional talking about Giannis 
um, through his 32 points where not a single one came on the three-point shot. Not a single one of Giannis Antetokounmpo's points came from the three-point shot. And where he ends up with 32-9-6, which is above, <laughs> it's just about his average for the playoffs. He averaged 30 12 and 6. So just above average, just a, an average game for Giannis, 32 9 and 6. The thing that makes Giannis Antetokounmpo great is bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else and it does not get more poetic than the ending of that game where he wins it when the offense is falling apart for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo wins it with bigger, faster and stronger than everyone else that he is playing against. And we get to see it firsthand in a game that was just totally ridiculous beforehand. Like every single piece of pregame analysis that you had, just toss it out the door. Just absolutely ridiculous how that went down for Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. Just toss everything out the door that you thought you knew. The Milwaukee Bucks win that game with Giannis Antetokounmpo doing what Giannis Antetokounmpo does best, his flaws being exposed at the same time, but also the things that he does great being put on full display for everyone to see. And now the Milwaukee Bucks find themselves one game away from an NBA championship live for all of us to consume on Tuesday night, I guess. Giannis Antetokounmpo did what he does best. And for the rest of the game, all of it was just stupid. All of that game was just ridiculous. Like, let's go back early on here in this game because you had the Milwaukee Bucks down 16 in the first quarter. Like, the first quarter was just, I called it the perfect quarter. Literally after it happened, I called it the perfect quarter for the Phoenix Suns. They got they got Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker into foul trouble at the beginning of the game. Both of them get into foul trouble right out the gate. And Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, they hit 10 consecutive shots from the field. 10 consecutive shots from the field for the Milwaukee Bucks. And what ends up happening for... I'm sorry, for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks. They go up 37-21, 16-point lead at the end of the first quarter. And what happens next is the counterpunch of the Milwaukee Bucks playing at their highest possible potential of a team that has a top superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo, have a top superstar and two other all-stars. The best possible scenario that they could have had came in that second and third quarter of this basketball game after the Suns dominated the first and just it made no sense, just no sense at the start of the game. It was unbelievable. And what ended up happening next was Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday playing at their maximum potential. And Pat Connaughton, Biscuits hit four threes. Bobby Portis had nine points in the first half. I said in the second quarter, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, I'm sorry, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis had 31 points at halftime between the three of them. I saw that. I was like, that's just ridiculous. Like, that is like 
four times what they'd been getting the rest of the series, and no wonder they put up 19 more points than the Phoenix Suns, who shot like 33% in the second quarter. Like, no wonder that ended up happening. Why? (laughs) Because they got 31 points in the first half from Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis. And so that ends up making it a really, really difficult situation for the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm sorry, for the Phoenix Suns to overcome. For the Milwaukee Bucks, it's wonderful. Like when when all these guys are hitting their shots, it's why the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team. Like it's the reason they were the best team all season, the best team all playoffs, better than every team in the Western Conference was because they had the ability to play at that potential where they outscored the Phoenix Suns by 26 points in two quarters. The fact that this was even a close game was a testament to one, how the Bucks love bucking all over themselves. I said bucking. I said bucking. This would also be a good time to play that uh, that Buck You song that we have. Again, Buck You, which is a parody to CeeLo Green's Bleep You, but it's Buck You. You see, I drive in the paint with my long ass arms, and I'm like, fuck you. I guess the shame from Kawhi wasn't enough. I'm like, fuck you, cause now we got Drew. Said if I was better, I'd make a three-pointer. But have you seen Chris Middleton? Although the heat gon' get swept, I wish Jimmy the best. Tell him, fuck you. Well, I'm sorry about 19 and 20, but that don't mean I can't get you there, cause I'm 26, I got two MVPs, the way I play the game ain't fair, I pity the heat for not getting James Harden, should've traded Tyler Hero, I got blocked by Bam Adebayo, I got some news for you. Bryn Forbes hit six threes in game two. You see, I drive in the paint with my long ass arms. I'm like, fuck you. I guess the shame from Kawhi wasn't enough. I'm like, fuck you, cause now we got Drew. Said if I was better, I'd make a three-pointer. But have you seen Chris Middleton? Although the heat gon' get swept, I wish Jimmy the best. Tell him, fuck you. I love that song so much. It becomes more fitting with the Bucks continuing to use it throughout the playoffs so that we can use that and then uh, save it for next year when we have a Bucks moment instead of using that Lob City Clips song every time the Clippers have something happen to them. Anyways. So back to this. The fact that this was even a close game is a testament to the Bucks bucking all over themselves and to the Phoenix Suns' offensive output. And we talked about coming into this game both with House of Phoenix Suns and our friend DSD. This one is really, really going to hurt Devin Booker if they don't come back to win this one because Devin Booker has now had... He's had the legendary moments. He's had back-to-back 40-point games now, and he took 33 shots, so it was more of an average game for Devin Booker in that one, even though you know, he hit 50% of his threes and 17 of 13 from the field. It, it was an average game because of the high usage rate Devin Booker had, and so for the Phoenix Suns, 
that one's going to hurt. But for the Milwaukee Bucks, the fact that they kept bucking all over themselves, and by the time they got to the last five minutes, like it was a 10-point game and you just knew their offense was falling apart. Like the the game plan was just we're going to put Holiday or we're going to put Bridges on Holiday, we're going to put Devin Booker on Chris Middleton and we're going to like switch everything. Like we're going to double every time they drive. Either one of them we're going to just leave Giannis open and foul every time Giannis gets the basketball, which ended up not being a lot at the end of the game. And it, it's like the first two or the second and third quarter was like maximum potential bucks and the first and fourth quarter. Well, first quarter was the Suns playing a perfect quarter. So, first quarter Suns, perfect quarter. Second and third, maximum potential that you could experience from this Milwaukee Bucks team. Like the thing that the reason they traded for Drew Holiday, the reason they gave up all their draft picks and cap space to put those three together was because those three players could combine for 88 points between the three of them, 88 points between Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. Not a single one had more than 32. All three of them had over 27. That's the maximum potential that they were waiting for for this entire season. And all three of them shoot over 50% from the field, which all of them did during the regular season, shoot over 50% from the field. This was the maximum potential that they were waiting for all season in the second and third quarter. The fourth quarter was the Bucks bucking all over themselves and having just enough in the tank and having that super freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I've been saying this whole time, the thing that gave me faith in the Milwaukee Bucks, even when they were down 0-2, even when Giannis gave them a 40-point game and it all fell apart for them, is that they had the best player on the court at all time, which is also still, let's acknowledge, a medical miracle that Giannis is even playing in this series, nonetheless doing the, the finals MVP shit that we expect from Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's all been an amazing, wonderful ride for the past two, three games. I guess three games. I mean, Giannis did have the 40-point game in game three. I was just saying the 26-pointer with the block. So three games. Three games, Giannis Antetokounmpo has had just an unbelievable run, even through injury, that proves why he is the face of the Giannis generation and the voice of the Giannis generation. They are going to be the next second coming of the NBA greatness. The new generation that has established themselves throughout this playoffs, and we talked about was the key point to this playoff run before, is you know Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, uh, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, those guys were establishing themselves as the next generation of basketball stars. Donovan Mitchell, for sure. Uh, Jason Tatum, you could argue, is a bit of a tweener. So we are seeing them right in front of our eyes, become this next great generation in the NBA. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is showing you why I've been saying for two years he's the best player in the NBA. You can argue merits between him and Kevin Durant. I don't want to argue merits around that. But they're both the faces of their generation. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is the face of his generation. And he's given you two legendary moments, just legendary moments that we're going to remember for the next like, 20, 30 years. When we're, when we're retiring Giannis Antetokounmpo, there'll be legendary moments that we hopefully remember, or we're just overreacting because we're still right in the middle of all of this. So uh, the Bucks had an unbelievable 64 points in 18-minute stretch during that run, which is over three points a minute, which means they were scoring two baskets a minute every time down the floor, which is kind of ridiculous when you really think about it, having that much 
scoring two baskets a minute when most teams barely get two possessions a minute. The Bucks were just unbelievable. So this game had everything that we've seen from the past two months of Bucks and Suns basketball that we've now seen, you know, what is it, 20 Milwaukee Bucks games now, four in the first round, seven in the second round, six in the next round, five in this round. So you've got, what is that? 22 Milwaukee Bucks playoff games and probably something like that for the Suns, like 21 Suns basketball games. So a third of a season. We've watched a third of a season from the, or a fourth, sorry, a fourth of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns. And these things, what we've been watching is the, the Suns playing a perfect quarter, but also shooting themselves out of some games. You have the Milwaukee Bucks playing at their maximum potential and then the Bucks also bucking all over themselves and ultimately in the end you get a toss-up victory that could have gone either way because the sample sizes are so small once we get to this point and the Milwaukee Bucks struggling to generate offense at the end of the game but Chris Middleton getting lucky on a step back shot where he gets fouled by PJ Tucker and then hitting a fadeaway two-pointer from the or a fadeaway three-pointer to end up getting six points in two possessions that ultimately end up being the difference on bad shots, low percentage shots, but also if he hits them, all of a sudden series clinching shots, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. All right, we also got to talk about uh, my man with the $100 bills while Giannis was shooting free throws. I don't really know what else to call him other than $100 bill Suns fan because uh, this guy in the first quarter became an internet legend because on every Giannis Antetokounmpo free throw, he ended up pulling out $100 bills and counting them on every second it took Giannis. Because you guys know when Giannis shoots free throws, they do the one, two, three, and they go all the way up to 11 or 12 because it takes Giannis a long time to shoot free throws. This guy pulled out $100 bills and just started going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hundred dollars in your face on national television and everyone kept making the same joke on Twitter after the fact, which was just my, this guy's just asking to be mugged. Like this guy is just asking to be mugged after the game. When now they know that you're carrying $1,500 plus in cash on you walking out of the arena. And so son's guy, I'm, I'm just infatuated by son's guy counting money live at the stadium. I just, I cannot get over this guy who decided that this is an excellent way to troll. And it is, it it was just a, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen um, until the next greatest thing I've ever seen. It was, I'm genuinely the greatest thing I've ever seen. Actually, now that I think about it, we should play back some of those greatest things we've ever seen because we've got the call of the uh, Hornets broadcaster after a Terry Rozier buzzer beater, which was the greatest thing I'd ever heard at the time. Chance to win it right here. Rozier, Danet puts up and up! Yeah! Yeah! Yes! Harry Rozier! How do you do? 
And you know what? Maybe we should just relive that moment. Or we could recall, since it's the NBA Finals, we could recall Mike Breen calling Taco Fall Taco Bell. Noel keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. You know, just little things like that that are the greatest things that we've ever had that are just kind of hanging out in our uh, podcast labyrinth. Uh, maybe we'll we'll sprinkle some of those in throughout the rest of the podcast. But what was so fascinating about Suns Guy counting money was the fact that Giannis missed the two free throws and all of a sudden the guy was just like, wasn't even excited. He wasn't even like cheering. He was just like, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just flexing on you. It wasn't necessarily about the result of the free throws. Just wanted to keep on flexing. Keep on flexing. Also, if you see the cover art for today's podcast on Spotify or Anchor or maybe on Apple Podcasts, some people can see it on Apple Podcasts, some can't. I get kind of like mixed uh, reactions to whether or not people can see it on Apple Podcasts. But if you're looking at the cover art for today's photo, and maybe by the time you're listening to this, this photo has gone a little more viral, but it's the final dunk where Giannis is dunking over Chris Paul, who just has no chance. Like we talked about earlier, how Giannis is bigger, stronger, faster than everyone else. Chris Paul especially is someone where Giannis is just bigger, stronger, faster, catching a lob 13 feet above the ground, dunking it for an and one. And who is that in the background of that photo? captured by the professional photographer sitting just two people to the side of Giannis Antetokounmpo? Well, that would be none other than one Space Jam 2 star, LeBron James. And if you want to call that an unofficial official passing of the torch, even though Kevin Durant took the torch from Kevin Durant about, or I'm sorry, Kevin Durant took the torch from LeBron James about five years ago, 2017, four years ago, 2017. Even though the torch was passed then between Durant and LeBron James. You want to call this an unofficial official passing of the torch for all the people who refuse to believe that Kevin Durant was the best basketball player in the world for three consecutive seasons? Maybe. Maybe not. But it's an unbelievable photo. NBA courtside photos are always fascinating because you just get this random cast of characters like that amazing photo of Guy Fieri and Ninja and Luka Doncic and I forgot the name of the girl who's also in the photo, but she's famous, all just sitting courtside at an NBA game. And then you had Giannis hunched over at game three of the finals and Odell Beckham and Lil Wayne were in a photo. Like NBA courtside photos just get you the most random people in the images. And this one's got... LeBron watching as Giannis Antetokounmpo slams one on his friend Chris Paul's head and passes the torch, even though the torch didn't need passing because Kevin Durant took the torch from LeBron James like four years ago and Giannis took the torch from Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. It's a weird transition process in the NBA. Takes some time, but yeah, the torch was passed. But as a Giannis stan someone who is going to hitch my wagon to that guy for the next six years as the best basketball player in the world. He's been that for the past two years and he's going to be for the next six. I look at that and I say, finally, finally, Giannis 
is getting everything he deserves. And now just one game away from the finals, winning it all, clinching on his home floor and launching the Giannis generation onto the future of the NBA. The NBA may not be ready for it, but Giannis is here to claim his throne. Let's chat more about this angst on the other side with our friend House of Phoenix Suns, which is, again, follow him on Twitter. His Instagram is still down. Follow House of Phoenix Suns on Twitter. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crumbling now. Uh, that... For we like we'll get to the end of the game for sure, but that I just would like to say that was just chaotic. That entire it was game very was just... very entertaining. I'll I'll I can give give the game that. <clears throat> and and that one felt like at a certain point, like obviously it was a game five, it was a home game, but after seeing your team get outscored by like thirty points in the second and third quarter of the game. At a certain point in the fourth, did it ever feel like you were playing with house money? Like you were like, we're supposed to lose this game and now we might steal it from the Bucks. Yes, exactly. I was like, wow, we're within four points with with two minutes left. I was like, wow, we can they really one. win. I know, <laughs> they <got> yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. They uh, never took the lead again, but they got it to one point. And, and it felt like they were playing with house money because the, the Bucks played not just at their maximum potential, but a historically great maximum potential between their big three. Oh yeah they were playing fantastic drew holiday was making me so mad because i'm like i know you can't hit those shots the series like you haven't been able to do it so why are you doing it now please stop and he yeah just never it was uh, him and middleton shot a combined 57 percent from the field while Giannis also shot over 60% from the field so the three of them combined were somewhere around 60% from the field Holy and cow. it is the first time in the history of the NBA Finals, the history of the NBA Finals, that three teammates scored 27 or more points. Wow. Being Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. 32 Giannis, 29 Middleton, 27 Drew Holiday. First time in the history of the NBA Finals. Well, that'll win you a game, that's for sure. That will almost lose you a game when in the last five minutes you you start bucking things up, which is basically what the Bucks do whenever good things happen, is they just start bucking it up where they go into just ISO offense with Chris Middleton, and the only reason they win the game is two magical shots that Chris Middleton hits where Jay Crowder fouls him and he hits a fadeaway two-pointer and he hits a yeah. step-back three and – just two magical shots even keep them in the basketball game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's tough. It was tough to watch. And I was like, wow, like Booker really brought us back. And then he turned it over and then Giannis yammed it down. And I was like, oh, no. Well, and I, Chris Paul brought him back. Like, yeah. I think that's something like I'm, I, I'm kind of reluctant that we haven't talked about it. It's like, Chris Paul very clearly has like a broken hand and he's yeah. like playing through this with a broken hand for much of this series. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't play well in the first half, but he, he definitely picked it up second half after we were down because he couldn't get it together. But yeah, playing with a broken hand, obviously you're going to have things that don't go right. That usually do go right. And that's what it seems like is happening with Chris Paul. Like all these turnovers, they, you don't expect that 
from Chris Paul at all. So it's just a lot of – I mean, he didn't have that many turnovers this game, but well, – I know back, he had zero in the first half. I don't know yeah. what he ended up finishing with. I saw – I think he had one in the second half, so it's not – Yeah, I mean, he had that's one turnover. Acceptable. That's, that's acceptable. So yeah. um, they're just shots that he's taken that he usually makes, the fadeaway mid-range shots off the pick and roll. But – and he was, he was still making some of them. It's just we need just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Yeah, so one turnover, but there was technically a second because one of them he threw out of bounds, but Michael Bridges tried to save it, so oh, the turnover yeah. technically went to him. So technically yeah. two turnovers for Chris Paul. But still, that's much better than the last couple games for Chris oh, that, Paul. which That's for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk, before we get into other stuff, let's talk about some of the positive stuff, like the perfect first quarter that the Phoenix Suns executed. I, I wrote it down afterwards. I said, that was the perfect quarter. Like Phoenix went 10 for 10 from the field. They got Drew Holiday in foul trouble, which they didn't capitalize on in the second half. They got um, Brooke Lopez into foul trouble. PJ Tucker picked up a foul. They were up 16 points at the end of the quarter. And it was, it was the perfect quarter, the perfect quarter that the Phoenix Suns had to start the game. Yeah, it was looking great. I was like, oh, uh, you always say the Suns never lose when they're up by 10. I was like, oh, we're chilling. We're up 16. It's not even 10. It's, it's even more. And then, like, I was like, wow, we're, we're looking great. When We're going to win this game, and then we're going to win game six, and I'm going to be celebrating here soon. So that's how I was feeling in the first quarter. Well, the other interesting part about that is – in the first quarter, you look up and now both of your rules are coming true where, you know, Devin Booker's got 11 points. And you're like, well, if some, if he gets to 30, the Suns are going to win. And, yeah. and if they have a double-digit lead, the Suns are 12-0 and 0 <laughs> in the playoffs. And now they've yeah. lost their last two with a double-digit lead and having a player score 40 points. And both yeah. of those have been broken twice in a row now. Yep. So there's uh, – and – I mean, fair play to the Bucks for breaking those rules because someone has to break those rules if they're going to win. Yeah, it's going to come to eventually. That we're I was going to say, they, they finally played a team tougher than Reggie Jackson and Jokic and Austin Rivers and, you know, yeah. Markeith Morris and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like, they finally got a team that, you know, could punch back every time, you know, Devin Booker hits a Kobe Bryant-esque fadeaway three-pointer in the fourth quarter. I wish we could go back to the game one and two bucks that didn't that it was just Giannis that we were going up against because now there's more weapons available to him. Even Pat Connaughton is pretty much making all his three point shots. So I was I was laughing at that at the beginning of the game where at, it was like four points at halftime, but like you could kind of break the game into three parts, like the first quarter, the second and third, and then the fourth were like three yeah. different games altogether. But at halftime, it was like a four point game. I was like. Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis have 31 points at halftime. <laughs> yes, it was making me so mad. I'm like, how, why, where, they haven't been able to do this. Like, all series, the games we won, they were non-existent, these three guys. Why are they making shots? <laughs> yeah, Pat Connaughton ended up with four three-pointers and 14 points. Bobby Portis actually didn't have a basket in the second half, but – if Bobby Portis gives you nine points, that's more than Bobby Portis's average. Yeah. And I mean, he was, he was just everywhere. And he, I remember in the second half, he like jumped out of bounds, grabbed the ball and slammed it into Chris Paul. I'm like, wow. Like he's just a, 
an energy guy. He's a he's a Patrick Beverly guy. That he's not going to score a whole lot, but he's going to make an impact with energy and whatnot. And that's what he did. And and he he provided his fair share of points. So. Yeah, and, and it's funny because the you know the Suns have their share of guys like that, and they're usually Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges. And you know Bridges. Bridges is playing well, but as Jay Crowder has, I think Jay Crowder shot like 48% from three after that terrible game one he had, like Jay Crowder has been like bubble Jay Crowder all over again. And like, as Crowder takes more shots, Bridges gets phased out of the offense. Cause now all of a sudden he's the fifth option offensively. And, you know, he went five for six. He hit all three of his three pointers and yeah, he, he played well too. Yeah, he just didn't get the shots because now he's he's just asked to guard Drew Holiday or guard Chris Middleton and not be a part of the offense. Yeah, and that's a tough task to ask of anybody to, to guard those guys, especially today when they were making anything. It didn't matter how much defense you put on them. They were making the shots. And that's got to be demoralized. Like, I did everything I could. I put him in a bad spot, and he just buried it over me. Yeah, they're basically Every asking single time. Yeah, well, that one was brutal at the end when, you know, Crowder, it's a, you know, seven-point game and Crowder's getting a foul and Chris Middleton's hitting a crazy shot to put him up 10 and then they yeah. cut into it and all that's weird. But they're basically asking Michael Bridges to be Jay Crowder and asking Jay Crowder to be Michael Bridges. Yeah. And that's, I mean, yes, Crowder's like your quote-unquote big money free agent, but all year they've been better off with Bridges being – the fourth option who can get 15 points instead of Jay Crowder, which, you know, you can ride the hot hand, but all of a sudden tonight Bridges was the hot hand, but Crowder took more shots from the field than him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it feels like the series is over. I don't, I mean, I know I was super hyped after game two. I was like, Oh, if the Bucks can't stop this, it's we're, we're winning in four, yada, yada, yada. And then and then we lose game one. I mean, game three. And I'm like, okay, Bucks are fine. Like, they're back in it. Then game game four, I was a little worried. Mm, uh, it's okay. We'll win game, game five, and we'll, and we'll go up 3-2. And we're, we're still set. And now we're down 3-2. It's not looking great. We're going back to Milwaukee. And I, I don't know how to feel. Well, I, I had told you after game two, I think, if I, if I remember it kind of word for word, it was like, I know you won't say it, but you should be feeling really good right now. Yes. And uh, in that moment, I have a callback to this really vivid memory that I keep citing throughout the playoffs, which was 2019. I was watching the, the Inside the NBA postgame show, and they had Malcolm Brogdon back when he was on the Bucks. They had Malcolm Brogdon go on the show, and they said, Malcolm process it yourself you are two games away from the nba finals and they were up 2-0 on the raptors and they never got back to that point and as this series goes on i keep thinking oh the suns look like the bucks i've <laughs> seen this before i've seen yeah. this misery before i've seen you know your offense picks up and all of a sudden you're looking around like you know what the hell just happened <laughs> not yes. even once but twice exactly the Giannis block off of a steal, and then the Giannis dunk. They, I saw this on uh, Instagram. They put a side-by-side of the Chris Paul turnover and the Devin Booker turnover at the end of the game yesterday. It's, uh-huh. like, a, it's like a parallel image. Like the ball bouncing off Chris Paul's foot and rolling away, and then Drew Holiday rolling away, getting the ball off of Devin Booker at the end. 
It's like, yeah. how, how can this happen twice in a row? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sorry to, to, you know, pour salt in the wounds, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the suffering that franchises have to go through before becoming champions. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that it, you can't just blame one of them now because they both did it. <laughs> so, I mean, and they're our best players. Of course, you're going to pick any one of them to handle the ball in that situation. So, well, we also had said after game four, like, this one's really going to haunt Devin Booker because it felt like if he had played a perfect game, they'd be up 3 1. That one's going to haunt Devin Booker. Having one point game, the Bucks offense is reeling. They've got like three points in four minutes. Giannis just missed two free throws. Yeah. Like, that one's going to hurt. That and, and the thing hurt is, Devin Booker. Yeah. The thing is, I, I don't know like when he'll be back. I mean, it feels kind of like a surprise that we made it this far because I mean, yes, we've had help from injuries and everything like that, but who knows if Chris Paul can do this again? <laughs> who knows if we can bring everyone back? Yeah. Who knows a lot if Chris Paul wants to, to do it again? Yeah. There's a lot to go that goes into making a team for the NBA finals. Yeah. And Phoenix, you know, they were, They've gotten a lot of good luck, whether it be no one wanting Chris Paul's contract or having the Ricky Rubio contract to match or Anthony Davis's injury or Jamal Murray's injury or Kawhi's injury or Giannis's injury. Like they've had a lot of good fortune along the way here. And now it feels like all that good fortune is disappearing. And I don't want to make it sound like it's over either. Like I, no. I think the Suns they'll be underdogs in game six, but I don't, I like, I don't think it's over at all going back that way. Um, but we talked about it after game four, like 81% of the time, whoever wins game five wins the series and the Bucks took care of business on the road. And, you know, yeah, everything that, feels like it's going the other way, but I don't think it's over at all. Yeah. And that's what demoralizing is that we were at home. We, we are expected to win that game. If we were the away team, it'd be, I, I think I could handle it a bit better because they are expected to win. But I mean, I, my, my, as my mom said, my mom called me and, and she said, she was like, Oh, well the sons lost the series and you lost your Instagram. It's like, yeah, thanks. That, that really, really yeah. makes me feel good after the sun's loss. Yeah. Double, double dip of misery is yeah. uh, coming your way in the next few days. But you know what? It, Game six is going to be fascinating for three reasons that I can point to. Number one, Devin Booker's coming off of two 40-point games in a row, which means at some point over a large sample size, we expect him to regress. And maybe that's just what game three was. Like, game three was, like, all-time historically bad. And now Devin Booker's the first player in final – I think in finals history. This one I'm not as sure about, but to have consecutive 40-point games and lose both games – um is pretty remarkable so maybe like Devin Booker comes back down to earth but that one I mean that's interesting one number two Chris Paul can walk at the end of the season and if you know they get down five ten in the third or fourth quarter does Chris Paul kind of like mentally check out of the game or does Chris Paul pick up you know Chris Paul go supernova mode or does he is it somewhere in between like what happens if things start going south there and number three Giannis has gone through some suffering and I, I feel like we're in store for like a 45 point Giannis game in game six 
but yeah, I could be wrong possibly. on that. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul needs to realize. I don't think he's coming back. Like he's he's going to be back for another finals. There's no I I don't want to bet against him, but I don't think he's making it back to the NBA finals. He needs to realize this is his best ever chance to win a championship. So he needs to do everything possible and have a great game. Just put in, leave it all out there. I mean, game six could be. I mean, he could retire if he wants to. You got to realize it, it's your or last go get ever some, game. Go get some big old money from the New York Knicks. One of the two. Yeah, that too. But your last ever, if he does that, I'll say competitive game. So go out there and just leave it all out there. I, I, you just play the way you played all your career. You're a Hall of Fame point guard. Just go out and do it, and we'll win Game Six. That's that's that'll be my motivational speech. I know I'm not the coach. I'm not motivational speaker, but that's what I would say. Yeah, and the part I would counter with is, well, what happens if it's not good enough? What happens if we're playing a guy who? Literally catching the lob to close out the game. Chris Paul's head is literally in his crotch. <laughs> well, at, least, at least you can say you gave it your all, you know? Yeah. You tried. You made it here. No one ever thought you would make it here. Everyone called you washed, and you proved them wrong regardless. Yeah. I, it's going to be so strange to see that game six because, you know, this is the moment where the the suffering ends up leading to a fold. But – I do have to say, Devin Booker gives you, gives me hope right now for you guys. Devin Booker's magic in the last two games, although, you know, this one was like the, the first game was crazy where he had like 20 points in the third quarter in game four. And we were like, oh, we're watching like a magical Devin Booker game. This one was more like, yeah, he got 40 points, but he took 33 shots. So it felt a little yeah. bit like the Chris Middleton game from game four, where it's like, yeah, you got 40 points, but also your usage rate was ridiculously high. And, you know, it's a, it's a good strategy. They scored 119 points. It just both teams were shoot. I, God, I think there was like 33 pointers between the two teams tonight. So, there were so many. Which is funny because the last game they had 13 between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, weird series. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 13 for the Suns. And <laughs> six from Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis, which <laughs> you guys had six all of last game. Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton had six three-pointers. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so they finished with 14, and you guys had 13. So 27 three-pointers in this game between the two teams. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, but also this, one that's interesting is the Suns shot 68% from three-point range. They took 19 and hit 13. They shot 68% from the three-point line. Which, yes, you guys lost. Which is, is interesting because the Bucks hit more three-pointers, but they took nine more three-pointers than you. They hit one more, but took nine more three-pointers. Yeah. And... I guess the only difference after that was just one, the, you know, the three pointer, that little extra juice in a four point game can make a difference, but also bucks were pretty good at getting to the basket. I'll give them credit on that. They were great at getting to the basket. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yes. So thank you again for sticking with us through all five games. And uh, we got one more. One more uh, magical 
Game two six. more. We got two more games. <laughs> <laughs> two more. Two more. Game six and game seven. Your yes. Sons and seven. You still keep the faith. Rally the Valley together. I mean, I have to. That's all I have left <laughs> to do is just, just hope. Yeah. You've got no, <laughs> no lead, no Instagram. All you've got left is hope at this point. Uh, <laughs> that's but one you, way to put it. And that's depressing. <laughs> you do have a Twitter though. And people can yes. check that out. House and, of Phoenix Suns. And maybe I'll start another one depending on how things go how i'm feeling so <laughs> yeah we got an off season to wait for it but the off season doesn't last very long in the nba the drafts like two weeks from i think the drafts a week from thursday if the, if the series goes seven the drafts like a week after game seven so, yeah, <laughs> That's no. yeah nba but, off season does not sleep <laughs> yeah well thank you thank you for, for having me as always yes and Hopefully you could, you could get out some of your pent up frustrations here yeah. on the podcast. I, I definitely think my, like my mood from games one and two, like you can hear it in my voice. It slowly is going down and down and down. Well, it reminds me when it was two one in the the Lakers series that we came on. We were like, ah oh, man, oh yeah, you know, so unfortunate. Look what ended up happening, and then Anthony Davis got hurt at the start of game four, and now here we are, seventeen games later. <laughs> yeah, in the NBA finals. Yes. Previously up to, by the way, actually one more thing that we were laughing about before. Did you see um, Sun's guy counting his money? <laughs> yeah, so that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't get over this guy. It's it's so amazing. That this I was guy... like, this guy can, can just pay for my ticket to be right next to him. <laughs> in cash. He can pay in cash to pull up to that game, which everyone was making the same joke on Twitter, which is just that he's asking to get mugged at this point. Because now everyone knows what he looks like and has yeah. cash on him at all times. He has cash, yeah. Yes, he had exactly. cash on him. And exactly. that, it, I just, I can't get over that guy. That was just excellent trolling. It is, it's my favorite thing in the world right now. And I, this is coming from a guy who is a Giannis stan. And when Giannis, I haven't stopped smiling since Giannis dunked that basketball. It just made me just so happy for him to he got that moment, even if it results in your guy's misery. But after <laughs> that, my even with that, my favorite thing is Sun's guy counting money to troll Giannis out of the Kumpo. Yeah, and it, it worked. The first time they showed him, it was funny. <laughs> oh yeah, Giannis shot 36% at the foul line tonight. Like it is it is very clearly a mental thing where you know, Giannis, he, he doesn't hit his free throws, but in poetic justice at the end, him being bigger, stronger, faster than everyone else just tips the ball out to Chris Middleton after a missed yeah. free throw. Just I know. Giannis being taller, more athletic, and stronger than everyone else wins yep. the game. That's how it goes. Yep, even if he can't hit free throws. <laughs> even, <laughs> if, even if every court he steps on in this finals, no matter what lineups are on the floor, he is the worst shooter on the floor. Yeah. Well, yeah. now Frank Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky could play some minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He has played. So yeah, Frank. Kaminsky we can give that can, title to Frank. Yeah, Frank can stand there like a statue and just take charges for fifteen minutes. He was a good shooter in college. He just yeah, ne- never really made that transition over to the NBA. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, always a pleasure.